0: Good morning. I too would like to uh, welcome you to our services today. We're glad you're here. We're glad you chose to assemble together and worship God. And uh, we're especially glad you're here if you're a visitor. Hope you'll stick around a little while after services and give us a chance to maybe get to know you a little bit better. You know... There's always thoughts, discussions, contemplations about what's going to happen at the end. You know, we think about judgment day or the judgment or eternity or what happens when I die. Those are thoughts that are always there floating around in the back of our mind. And I would like to share with you some of the things that God has written for us some of the information he's given us about judgment day in a lesson that I've entitled the book of life you know John when he was on the Isle of Patmos received a revelation from God that we have recorded uh, it's in the back of our Bible the last book It's called Revelations. I'm sure all of you are familiar with it. We're going to start our discussion this morning in Revelations, chapter 20, verse 12. I'm sure most of you have a Bible on your phone, you have one in the pew, you can look at the PowerPoint, it's up there. So join along and we see here what John says. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of these things which were written in the books according to their works now how many books are here well we really don't know John uses the term books to describe one set of information or books that are there but he doesn't tell us whether it's two or two thousand or two million we don't know how many are in that number then he uses a singular book which is the book of life so you might consider that these two books or groups of books reflect a roster if you will of those inhabitants of heaven and of hell we might think of it as a census you know we take census in this country every 10 years maybe it's a collection of all the names that are going to be written in heaven or are written in heaven and all those they're going to be sent to hell. All those who served Christ and live for him and those who live for the devil. Hell's inhabitants, damned to suffer forever. Now, I'm sure if I ask the question, which one of those books you want to be written in, everybody here would have the same answer. Well, I want to be in the book of life. That's why you're here, isn't it? That's what we all ascribe for is to attain our name being written in the book of life but how do we accomplish that that's the question isn't it you know men have been asking that question for thousands of years how do I move from the volumes of books that record those who are destined for or inhabiting hell into the book of life. We want to look back at one of those instances. The day of Pentecost, Acts 2 and 37. I'm sure all of you remember this day. It's recorded in the Bible. Peter has preached the first gospel sermon. He has preached to thousands, of people he and the rest of the apostles have been empowered by the Holy Spirit they are speaking to literally the the entire world and they're all hearing them in their own language and he has informed them convinced them convicted them of the fact that they have killed the Messiah that they've looked for for so many years so many centuries they have put to death the Son of God. They have destroyed the very being they were waiting for their entire lives. And now they're pricked in their heart. I suspect that any of us, if we were standing there that day in that crowd and had done those things and been listening to Peter, we'd be worried, wouldn't we? Because we're now in a very bad place I know that all sin is sin but I suspect the impact of that realization that I have just murdered the son of God is probably very traumatic and has caused those people to really be troubled you can't be in a much worse place than that so they asked the question what do we got to do peter answered the question in verse 38 then peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the holy ghost it's just that simple obey the gospel that's what you do you want to move from that list of an Inhabitants of hell those condemned and damned to spend eternity in hell To the book of life obey the gospel That's what Jesus is now died for and that's what Peters now told them about We go from Damnation to salvation With that gospel obedience. I trust that you've all done that. If you haven't, you may need to think about it. Perhaps there are some here that don't know if they've done that or not. I don't know. Now the question is do we still have to face judgment? I'm now saved. My name's written in the book of life. So does judgment have anything to do with me? Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5 and 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Yeah, we're going to be there. We're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, knowing that, how does that make you feel right now? I hope it makes your heart glad. I hope you look forward to that day re- with rejoicing and gladness and happiness. I hope that you are eagerly anticipating the day when we, you, I can cross over the River Jordan and stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Because, brother, isn't that what we're working for our whole life? Isn't that our goal? Isn't that what we're trying to accomplish I hope that's the way you feel when you think about the fact that the time is coming and it's not very far off for some of us closer than others Lord willing but uh, it's not very far off for any of us we're going to make that journey and we're gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ I hope you view that with eager anticipation With joy and rejoicing because it's going to be a great day. It is the day that we have lived for and we've worked for our entire lives. However, if you've got questions in your mind as to whether or not you're going to be on that list of God's redeemed, then you've got problems. You know, a lot of us think that we're good to go because we obeyed the gospel, and our sins are washed away. That's true. That happened when you came up out of that water; you were sinless. Does that mean you're not going to continue to commit sins in your life? No, brother, and it doesn't. I sin every day. I suspect everybody here sins more often than we care to admit, more often than we want to acknowledge but God knows when we fail so what do we do let's look at Matthew 25 verse 31 Jesus is talking here to God's people these are the Jews these are those that have grown up with the birthright of being a child of God everybody in his audience thinks they're good to go they're on the book of life. They're just waiting for the opportunity to get there. That's all of them. Beginning in verse 31, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. Continuing in verse 32, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goat. His sheep. This is Jesus talking. He's going to divide his sheep from the goats. Now his audience is Jews. They think they're all God's sheep. So what's he talking about? Let's look at verse 33. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Verse 34, then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So he separated out the sheep from the goats. And I'm not going to take time to read the rest of this story. I'm going to bring it to your memory. Most of you know this story already. But those that he has put on his right hand, they said, why? What have we done? And he tells them, you know, he tells them, I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison and he came unto me and they said Lord we didn't do any of those things we never knew you in any of those conditions and he says no that you did it unto the least of these my children you did it unto me and now all those that are still on the left hand side that are now counted with the goats they say Lord, why are we over here? We're good people. We've, been, we've, we've done all the stuff we're supposed to do. We've been to the temple. We've made the sacrifices. we lived our life righteously. Why are we here? We need to be over there. And he goes through the list with them, doesn't he? Except this time, he says, when I was hungry, you didn't give me any meat. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me a drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was a stranger, you did not take me in. When I was sick, you didn't visit me. When I was in prison, you didn't come and see me. And, of course, they had the same answer as the sheep. Lord, we never knew you in that condition. We never saw you in those places. If we had, we would have done it. We didn't know. there's a very interesting conclusion to this discussion. That i think we need to pay attention to jesus responds to these people now that are classified as the goats jesus curses them right there to their face verse 31 depart from me ye cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels That's about as strong as you can get. If the Son of God, our Lord and Savior, curses this whole group of people because they did not do those things, what's going to happen to his people that don't do them today? They give you pause? Are you sitting there going around in your mind about what kind of servant am I to my Lord? You know, the way we serve God, the way we serve our Lord and Savior, we serve his people. That's the way we do it. Think about that. You know, if it's troubling in your mind about maybe I'm not measuring up too well in this category, remember what Peter said, make your calling and election sure, that's 2 Peter 1 and 10. Please turn with me now to Matthew 9, 27, and as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. Now, what's going to be judged? We just saw Jesus go through a whole list of things here that's going to be accounted for in the judgment. Is that it? So if I'm good on this list of things, I'm good to go. Is that right? Let's look at Matthew 12 and 36. Jesus said, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment wow idle words that means those things i just say kind of off the cuff you know something happens and i'm irritated about it and i make some kind of comment that i shouldn't make but i do anyway i'm going to give an account for that you are too and if that's going to be called into account what is not going to be called into account everything's going to be called into account we're going to answer for everything we've done for our works our thoughts our actions the way we use our time the way we interact with our family our kids our spouse our dedication and love for God and the church and how we serve him and what we do how we use the blessings he has blessed us with do we consume them all on ourselves and we convinced ourselves that we can put in a token contribution and if you did the final analysis on it it's going to be about one percent of our gross income or less and we think well, that's fine i've justified that in my mind i'm good to go please think about what you're doing god just condemned these jews over there jesus cursed them because they didn't do the things they didn't even know what they were supposed to be doing. Think about what you're doing, brethren. Let's look at Romans 2, 6 through 8. This is a rendition of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality and eternal life. But unto them that are contentious, and obey not the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Not so good. What does this mean? What does this obey not the truth mean? What is the truth? Brother, this book right here is the truth this is the only truth there is do you obey the truth do you even know what's written in this book when is the last time you picked up this book and studied it read from it tried to gain a little extra knowledge from it I know everybody here's got them they're on your phone probably on your nightstand your coffee table probably on your bookshelves I hope that's not the only place they are because it's probably Accumulating dust and sitting there, if that's the only place it is. We've all got them. How often do we use them? How often do we open them up? How often do we spend time in the Word to grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? How often do we do that? You know, Jesus said, if we keep my commandments, if we keep Jesus' commandments, we abide in Him. That's John... 15 and 10. we also read that jesus told john in revelations that the saints keep my commandments the saints keep my commandments i think it's revelations 14 and 12. do you keep the commandments of god Brother, I can assure you you're not keeping the commandments of God if you don't know what they are. And you're in danger of falling into that herd of goats that's just going merrily down the path, thinking, I've got it made, I'm good to go. But giving no consideration for what's going on in your life. Let's look at 1 John 4, verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us, God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. That's where God wants you to be. That's where God wants me to be. He wants us to have confidence in the day of judgment. Boldness when we step up to the throne, the judgment seat of Christ. He wants us to be confident in where we're going and what we're doing. And how is that going to happen? It comes down to this right here, brother. Love. Do you love God more than you love yourself? That's what it comes down to. Do you love God enough to put him first? Do you love God enough to... Find out what he wants you to do. Love God enough to serve him with all your heart, mind, body, soul, everything you've got. If you love God, you dwell in God, and God dwells in you. And you should have, you will have the boldness and the confidence. god wants you to have when that day of judgment arrives because it's going to be a joyous day it's a day to look forward to it's a day that we can celebrate i don't know how we're going to react whenever we cross over that river and come up to the judgment seat of christ i don't do we shout hallelujah do we praise him do we fall down on our knees? i think there's a song written about that by somebody i don't even know but there's how are we going to i don't know how we're going to act but it's going to be a wonderful day it's going to be a blessing for all of us because we know that the way we have lived our life is in anticipation and preparation for that final day when we can cross over Jordan and we can stand before that throne of Christ we should be looking forward to that day of judgment every one of us and I know There are those here that say, Preacher, that's great. I want to be there, but I still remember all that stuff I've done. You know, I still remember the terrible things I've done too. They're all back there in the back of my mind, floating around, knocking around. Satan will bring them up to the forefront of my mind as often as he can to try to discourage me. To try to get me to say I'm not good enough I'm not acceptable no Satan uses all that stuff because he wants to beat us down he wants to discourage us he wants to put us in a position that we go through life thinking I'm doing the best I can but I don't know if it's gonna be enough or not that's what Satan's trying to do to you and me and everybody else don't let that happen God said that's not gonna happen look at Hebrews 8 and 12 for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more hallelujah you know what that means you know what this means that means they're all gone all those sins All that iniquity, all those horrible things I've done in my life, all those idle words I've mentioned when I wasn't even thinking about it, all those terrible actions that I have put forward, they're all gone. God's put them away. He's not going to remember them anymore. Our slate is clean. Nothing in our history. Is left for us to answer for rejoice in that there's nothing there there's nothing about our sin and iniquities John 5 and 22 for the Father judges no man but hath committed all judgment to the Son praise God Son of God our Savior the one that holds us in his hands, he's going to be the final determiner of our judgment, isn't he? He's going to save us from our sins. And brethren, there is nothing left for us to answer for. Nothing. Our slate's clean. We're good to go. You flip that book open to the book of life, and you find tim hutchson in there sean hanley or whoever you find that na- there's not anything bad written there there's nothing there's nothing left for us to answer for it's all gone because god put it away because our love for god has resulted in god dwelling in us and us in him and therefore it's all gone every bit of it's gone there's nothing to answer for look at john 5 and 27 and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the man. It's kind of like what Christ was doing over there in Matthew, isn't it? Where he's separating the sheep from the goats. But we don't have to worry about it. we are with the sheep? Our name's written in the book of life. Obey the gospel and love God and put him first, and you're there. Because you're going to spend time in this book. You're going to know what God wants you to do, and you're going to be trying to do it. And God knows your heart because he knows the love that is in your heart for him. He loves you. There's no doubt about that. Do you love him enough to put him first, to put him in front of yourself? That's the real question. And if you do, it's a great and glorious day that's coming our way. Now I've got something else I want you to consider. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 6. Verse 2 and 3. Do you not know the saints shall judge the world? What? That's Paul writing to the Corinthians. Do you not know the saints are going to judge the world? If the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? And the next verse goes even further. Know you not that we shall judge angels? How much more the things that pertain to this life how can this be how can this happen just think about that the Saints are going to judge the world the Saints are going to judge angels how is that going to happen well you know there's a lot of information well I won't say a lot there is information about that And I want to give you some little insights, too, so maybe you can consider it, think about it. Let's consider what we find in Matthew 27, 52 and 53. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Matthew writing this here. He and the apostles in Jerusalem saw this event happen. Once Jesus was resurrected, they saw these saints come out of the grave and they saw them as they went through the city leaving town. I would submit to you that although it's not reported here because the apostles were in Jerusalem, that this was happening all over the world. brother there's not going to be two resurrections these saints were not resurrected to be put back down to be resurrected again there's not two resurrections many saints arose after jesus resurrection you know jude tells us that when the lord comes he's going to bring ten thousand thousands not ten thousand, but ten thousand thousands. Now one of you math geniuses figure that out. I don't know what it is. That's a hundred million. I, don't, I have no idea. But it's a big number. Of his saints with him. Not just his angels, but ten thousand thousands of his saints are coming with him on judgment day. So it's not just Michael and the angelic host that's going to be sweeping across the world taking vengeance on all those that have rejected God the Saints are going to be in that number two you know when John was given the revelation and he saw into heaven you know one of the things that he if you really consider what all he's saying there he sees thousands and thousands of Saints in heaven already Oh, brother, there are going to be plenty of saints coming back on that day of judgment, that final day. And those saints are going to be charged with the responsibility of making judgments. If you die today, are you going to make it? Are you going to have that responsibility? I certainly hope so. I hope that if you die today, if this is your last day on this earth, that you cross over that river Jordan with a smile on your face, shouting, hallelujah, I'm finally home. It's what I've worked for all my life. Thank the Lord I'm here. Let's look at Revelation 13, verse 7 and 8. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations and all that dwell on the earth shall worship him talking about Satan here isn't it this is Jesus telling John about the power of Satan but then what does he say all on the earth shall worship him except those whose names are written in the book of life he defines that group that's worshiping him whose names are not written in the book of life from the lamb slain from the foundation of the world so if your name's written in the book of life you're not worried about satan he's going to do what he's going to do and he's going to have the effect on our country, our nation, the world, all of us, he's going to have whatever effect he has. We stay true and faithful and love God more than we love ourselves. We're secure. We're going to heaven. So, you know, Daniel saw this same thing in Daniel 7 and 10. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands, thousands. I get those numbers kind of jumbled up. Thousands of thousands, whatever that is. I don't, you know, they need to have enough zeros. I can't pronounce that name or either. So I guess it really matters. Ministered unto him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set. The books were opened. Well, remember, if you love God and he dwells in you and you in him, there is absolutely nothing written by your name in the book of life. There's nothing for you to answer for it's just your name so what do we think maybe we're gonna say well okay there's nothing bad there must be some good stuff there you know maybe the lord's been recording all the good things i've done you know and i if you need some help lord i'll help you you know just ask me i can tell you think think that's what's going to be there uh no i don't think so let's look at Isaiah. 64 and 6, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. No, brethren, our righteousness is filthy rags of the Lord. There's not going to be any of that there. You know, we're not going to have any of the bad stuff, our sin, our transgressions, our iniquities. None of that's going to be written there. None of the good things we've done is going to be written there. Our righteousness is just like filthy rags. So what's going to be there? What's going to be written in the book of life? One thing. That's your name. Your name. Praise the Lord if your name's written in the book of life. That's all It's going to be there. That's why one book can contain everybody. I don't know how big a book it is. You know, I don't know how many billion people it has in it, but it's not going to be a long discourse, just names. Hebrews 8 and 12, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Remember that. God saying that he's not going to remember any of our baggage or garbage and we're certainly not going to bring up any of the good things we've done because they're just like filthy brags you know our Lord and Savior during his ministry was called good at one time if you remember this I think this also takes place in Matthew he was talking to all the all the Jews and they said, Good master, and they asked him a question. And what was Jesus' response to that? Why callest thou me good? There is none good but the Father in heaven. I guarantee you if the Son of God, my Savior, isn't going to take credit for being good, ain't no way the rest of us are. We're just going to be thankful that our name is written in the book of life and we have nothing to answer for on that day. Yeah. Revelations 3 and 5. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but will confess his name before my Father and before the holy angels. That's us, brother i pray that's all of us if it's not you if you're kind of rattling around in the back of your mind am i there did i do what i needed to do is that what i'm supposed to do you know you might think about that remember where we started revelations Twenty and 12 and I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works (laughs) Brother, if you have a question about whether or not your name is written in the book of life you need to fix that I don't know what the question might maybe you don't know if you were Obedient to the gospel because you don't remember if you were baptized for remission of sins, or maybe, you know, you've never been baptized for remission of sins. If you haven't, your name's not in the book of life. Because that's the first requirement to move from the book of Satan's followers and hell's inhabitants to the book of life and heaven's inhabitants. That's the first step you haven't done that you need to fix that because you don't know how long you're gonna be here or maybe you've done that and you find that your life has kind of gone off track a little bit you may be wondering am I part of the goats because I've spent most of my life living for me I have justified in my own mind all those things that I've been doing in my life. I've justified not having enough time to visit the sick. I don't even have time to call them. Stop and get a card and mail to them. Who ever heard of that? I just don't have the time. And you've made that okay in your mind. Maybe you don't have time, money or resources to take food for those who need it. Maybe when you're called upon to help somebody out, you say, oh, "I'll let somebody else do that, man. I'm I'm busy. I you know I've got I've got the yard to mow, and you know who knows I may put on some steaks tonight, so I can't I can't do that. I just don't have the time. Maybe you don't have time to come to church. You got better things to do. Oh, I'll go when I can, but you know this this idea of Doing what god said come together on the first day of the week every week what's what's up with that i go when i can i'm okay because you see we're justifying all of these inactions with our own mind and that has placed us in the foal of the goats where those people that jesus talked to there in matthew 25 reside don't be there Your life has gone off track a little bit, and you're wondering if maybe that's where you're at right now. You need help? We're here to pray with you and for you. You know, the Lord said that prayer of the righteous availeth much. Prayer can strengthen you and encourage you so that you can change your life. The water's here and it's ready so that if you have chosen to make your calling and election sure by obeying the gospel of our Lord and Savior, it's ready. I want to close with one more verse, Revelation 22. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. The Lord's coming, and he'll come quickly, and the reward will be with him. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. A day's coming. Is your name going to be written in the book of life? That's the question. The decision is yours. Please come as we stand and sing.